Have you ever met or worked with a coach that really helped bring a new creative process out of you? A coach that really got you and was able to support you in a deep and powerful way. I'm excited to introduce you to one of my coaches that has done just that, Mary Curran Hackett. Mary was my writing coach. Yes, they exist. When I was writing my new book, Get What You Want, How to Go from Unseen to Unstoppable, releasing June 7th. Today on the podcast, I am giving you a very in-depth, behind-the-scenes look into my writing process and how Mary supported me through it all. You are going to hear, for the first time ever, how I went from having ideas to turning them into book chapters. You will also learn how a writing coach is different from a ghostwriter or an editor and how they play an important role in bringing a book to life. You will also hear the myth that most people think when it comes to writing. Hint, hint, no one does this alone. And if they're telling you they do, they're lying. (laughs) And why asking for help is the key to a book's success. If you are a writer or dream of becoming one, you will love this episode. Let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hi, Mary. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm so good. Any anytime I get to hang out with you is the best. So I'm great right now. Good. I know I've missed you. I know I've missed you too. It's, it's funny how you spend so much time with someone like, and then, and then you, and then you don't see them for a while, which we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so excited that you're here. Um, I think it's important to kind of kick this off with the idea that, and I say this a lot to my community. I think that every coach needs a coach. <laughs> it's probably like every therapist needs a therapist. Every coach needs a coach. And so when I was given the gift and the opportunity to write a book, um, I, I knew I've never written a book. I don't know how to write a book. I don't know if there's a model or a way of how to write a book, which we're going to talk about today. But I knew that the way that my brain works in the way that I am, I wanted to find support specifically with wanting to make sure that I shared my voice in a way that was true to me and true to my heart and authentic because as you know, Mary, I share a lot in my book that I have never shared before. And yes, this is a business book in a lot of ways, but it's also a personal development book in a lot of ways. It's an empowerment book in a lot of ways. It's a leadership book in a lot of ways. And And there's a lot of personal stories in here. And so I knew that when I was setting off to write this, I wanted to be able to share my personal stories in a way that felt authentic to me and would connect with with me. I also knew that I wanted to write it. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a book publicist, I have worked with authors in the past that, you know, they have ideas, but they don't really have this passion to actually write it themselves. And so they'll hire ghostwriters and there's nothing wrong with that. But I love to write in whatever capacity that I have written since I started my career. And I wanted the gift and the challenge of being able to write this, but I knew that I was going to need support. So what do I always do when I need support? I go and I find a coach. (laughs) And 
I'm like, okay, I need a coach to help me through this. So I was talking to my agent about that. And, um, she was like, all right, well, let's find you someone who, who really gets you and your message and your spirit and can align with you. And through that process, I found Mary and here she is. And she is, is, and was my amazing writing coach through this book process. So without further ado with that, I would love for you just to introduce yourself. Um, I know that you have more than one title. So kind of share your background and, and how you work with writers and with authors. It's wonderful. Well, I feel so lucky that I found you and I, I don't believe in accidents. I think everything is kind of meant to be, and you kind of thoughts become things as we both agreed and how we matched. And it was funny. My word was shine many years ago, probably six years ago. And it's like, it's, a, it's magical that we kind of connected in so many ways. What if you could wake up every day being truly happy with your life? What if you could shake off outdated ideas of what is possible and use your newfound confidence to make anything you want happen? Well, I'm excited to share that I'm going to show you the way in my upcoming book, Get What You Want, how to go from unseen to unstoppable. In these pages, I share my vulnerable, authentic account of how I transformed my own life to live free from self-loathing, and gain the confidence to love and accept myself, which made me feel unstoppable. And I'm gonna teach you the steps and the methods that I took to get there. And in the book, I share why most people feel stuck in the past with belief systems that make them feel like getting what they want is impossible. And I'm gonna show you what to do about it. I give you very actionable steps and easy exercises that offer a no-nonsense, eye-opening path to everything you want in a path that enables you to leverage your power and influence, to understand and overcome the origin stories that hinder your success, discover your true purpose and create a new vision, set and stick to newfound boundaries, and gain the confidence to pitch, negotiate, and get anything you want. This book is my gift to you. It will answer your questions about why you feel confused, frustrated, overwhelmed, stuck, and alone. And it will liberate you from the belief system that has kept you feeling small for so long. By taking this path, you can and will get what you want. And when you order your copy of the book today, you will get a ton of perks, including special access to my brand new personal development membership for only $1 your first month. I know that is crazy, but I want to make sure that you have the easiest way possible to experience this. This membership is where I break down the methods of the book. This gets you access to bi-weekly empowerment coaching sessions with me live in real time each month, as well as private podcast episodes, accountability support, and so much more. So you're going to want to go to juliesolomon.net slash get what you want. And all you have to do is pre-order the book today and you get a ton of free bonuses and this special offer to try my new empowerment membership for just $1 your first month. It's all valued at $500 and you get access to it all when you pre-order the book. So I invite you to join me on the journey of how to let go of what you can't change, how to change what you can, and blast through fears of self-doubt to create the life you've always wanted. Join me for the coaching and support when you pre-order the book today at juliesolomon.net slash get what you want. 
This special offer expires soon, so you want to get in it today. But I really, um, my name is Mary Curran Hackett. I started as an editor 20 plus years ago and have written my own novels. I've also taught. And several years ago, I put my shingle out and decided that I was doing this, helping people write, helping people write college essays, helping people write their master's degrees, helping people write everything for free. Can I pick your brain over lunch? Can I X, Y, Z? If I send you this, will you look at it? And I was thinking, I should probably make this a business. <laughs> and I just went for it. And here I am. So I do, I ghostwrite, I coach. I developmental edit, which is a whole other thing we can talk about some other time. But what I did with you is really coaching and a little bit of developmental editing because it's really iterative the way we work. And um, I still write novels. I write memoirs. I help clients write their books. I help coach people on the publishing process. So there's a whole gamut that uh, I do. And I still read and write and enjoy all that stuff. I have two children, so that keep me very busy. And that's what I do. But mostly, thanks to the beauty of Zoom, I get to see a lot of my clients now all the time, which is what we did. We kind of survived the pandemic together, which makes what we went through extra special. We often had kids in the background, homeschooling. Who knows? It was chaos. It was crazy. But we we survived. <laughs> We did. We did. And and it was, it was during that, you know, and um, I have shared a little bit of this, but I, I got the opportunity to write a proposal book proposal, which we can talk about in uh, the end of 2018. It actually took me an entire year to get that proposal written and then get it submitted to publishing houses for a potential pickup. Mm -hmm. um, and then it got picked up very quickly within a matter of a couple of months, but then the pandemic hit. And so I didn't actually sign a contract until, you know, August of 2020. By that point, I had moved and I had had a baby. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can't write, write a book now because I have a one month old. And then cut to um, about six months later, you and I connect. I'm ready to finally write the book and, and we dive in. So this really is and can be, you know, for some people, a very quick process. For me, it was it was over time and it was a little bit before pandemic writing it during the pandemic, a lot changed from the proposal to writing it, which we can talk about as well. And I would love to kind of dive into that process because I, I have a feeling that there's probably a lot that are listening that feel like there is some rigid or formalized way of doing all of these steps. And I know now from going through it, that's just not the case. I know that you know that. So could you, from your experience, kind of walk us through what do you see being, if there is a typical or normal process of the, really the conception of someone saying, I want to write a book, maybe they self-publish it, maybe they publish it with, you know, a big house, which is a completely different conversation, but yeah. they at least have that in their hearts that they want to write a book. And then what are really the next steps of that idea to getting it out into the world? Yes. So this is a huge question. And it's funny, I'm launching a masterclass in March, March 29th through April 26th. It's five weeks and it's um, about seven and a half hours to really go in depth to that question. What is the process? What does it take? And it to answer that question fully, it probably would take me about seven and a half hours. But the quick recap for the purpose of this podcast is really 
there is the right answer is there is no one way. I know people who say, and I know you've touched on this. Oh, I I never dreamed of writing a book. It just happened. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. Okay, whatever. If you you th- if you thought it, it's a dream, it's here. Um but there are many steps. There are some people who take the proposal right route. You are the master of pitch it perfect. I think you're the perfect person to probably um think of an idea. You have a platform. Some of my clients that come to me have never heard the word platform. They have never been on social media. But I've seen them become published through the process of writing the book. I've helped them get to the website, the social media, building a platform, finding out who they know and creating. And so we might be working on a book while we're working on the back end of the the proposal as well. So for someone like you who knows your audience have a platform, a proposal is a perfect route to go. You can have an outline. It doesn't have to be etched in stone and it can be it can grow and change over time, which happened when we discussed what you really wanted to do and how you really wanted to find that voice, authentic voice. And so one of the things that I say to my clients is I try to help them do three things that I think are essential to writing a good book is great thinking makes great writing. And Julie, you were somebody who walked the walk. You have been through every step program, every, you know, therapy program, every coaching program, every book that has been written, you have read it. So I know that you are somebody who embodied all the things that you were thinking. And that makes the content easy. You also had a lot of content. The other thing is great storytelling. And one of the first things that struck me when we worked together was you're like, oh, I, I just know good at telling stories or something, you know, it was very, I think, humble, but also truly there was a sense of it's terrifying to write a book. I don't think I could tell stories like, you know, Margaret Atwood or whoever is the great writer, you know, we think of on the New York Times bestseller list. And when we got to talking, every time you spoke to me, you were telling me stories. You had dialogue, you had scene setting, you were creating the environment around you. And I was like, Julie, I think we've got a storyteller inside you. And it was just getting what you were talking about on the page. And then the third thing is truth. And truth requires vulnerability. And vulnerability requires the spaciousness and the non-judgmental zone to be that person. And so what I try to do when I'm working with clients 
is create this kind of paradigm or this world where no one's going to judge you. Whatever you went through is what you went through. And that is gold. And that is the stuff that you think, the stuff you think that, oh my God, if people found out about me would be so horrible is the stuff that is going to connect to somebody, you know, I don't know, in Lincoln, Nebraska or uh, New York City or all over the world who will go, oh my gosh, I went through that exact same thing. And I don't feel so alone. It's when the particular becomes universal that we really connect. And you, you really make something universal when you get down to the particulars, when you tell the truth, when you tell your story. And so when we put that great thinking, the storytelling and the truth together, we get the elements of a great riveting read. And then I think the umbrella to all of that is what something that you had come to me and you were adamant about when we spoke was, I want my voice. I am not this hokey down South, you know, this, this kind of voice. I'm not something, um, I don't know. You didn't want it to have any artifice. You wanted it to be authentic. And so a lot of what I do is allow my people um, who come to me to talk. Because the more you talk and the more I listen, the more your voice, your the person you are, the things you think, the stories you've lived, the truth you have inside of you comes out. And that is what is the fodder for what we create. And I can work with structure. That's what we ended up doing. We can play with structure. We can play with chapters. We can play with X, Y, Z. But without those three things that you bring to the table, um, you know, we don't have a book, but you brought all those things. And most of the clients that I have, I will say this with 100% um, a certainty is every single person has great thinking they may have not been told they had it, but they do. They know what they think. They have stories and they have a truth that they want to share. And so it's just kind of clearing out the clutter on top of all that to kind of let the good stuff rise. Oh, that's so good. And it's such amazing takeaways. And that's why I remember the reason, you know, when we first connected, um, just to kind of have like an initial are we going to date call? Yeah, it was. It's speed dating, you know. When yeah. you're are we, are we going to get married or not? It was like this full bodied yes for me with you. Like you just, you got it. It's like, it was like my, my guttural, like it was that sacral authority in me that was like, yes and done. Don't need to talk to anyone else. We're moving forward. And I loved how we kind of kicked off and um, to give everyone listening a visual, it basically started where we, every Monday, I believe it was Mon Monday or two, I think it was Mondays. Mm -hmm. At the same time, every week we had a set call and they would last anywhere from 60 minutes to two hours, depending on what happened. And we had the proposal to go off of, but I even remember coming to you being like, I don't even know <laughs> what this is. Like, I think it's there like bits of the skeleton, but you know, there, there's so much more that I, that I feel that I want to share and that I want to bring to life that that's not here. And so the way that it worked is we would get on these calls and you would basically ask me what's your idea or what's your thought, or maybe I would already have one. And so if the thought was like, well, you know, I want to talk about pitching or I want to talk about boundaries, or I want to talk about confidence, whatever those things were, 
you were able through your process to, and we would record the calls, you were able through your process to pull out these really incredible stories out, out of me of, well, what does confidence mean to Julie? What were the moments in your life that you had no confidence? How did you get to the other side of it? What were the tools that helped you? Um, you know, what is the, like you were saying, what is that biggest secret that you may have about confidence that you don't want anybody to know? I mean, mm. all of those things. And it was such a great process for me and how my brain works to be able just to have a sounding board and have someone that I trusted implicitly in you to be able to share all the parts of me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the raw, the like, oh my gosh, Mary. So like, I don't know how to say this, but that's when you know you're getting some really juicy stuff. I would, that's when we're getting, it's getting <laughs> <Yeah>. exciting. <laughs> um, and then we would have it recorded. So then I would take the Zoom recording, I would transcribe the whole thing. And then that would kind of be the crux of me then writing the chapter. And so I would take the dialogue, I would write it all out. I would add more thoughts to it. I would delete things that weren't working for me. And then I would email it to you. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you would look through it and you can kind of talk about what this part of the process was. And you would share with me, okay, so explain this. What do you, what do you mean by this? Or can you, can you dive in deeper here? Or I think there's still more to this story that you're kind of holding back. Really open up. How did this make you feel? What were, what were the processes that you were going through? How did you, how did you handle that conflict or that challenge and really did coach and guide me through this process of being able to pull the stories out of me, which in turn gave me more clarity as to what I was writing, which then gave me the confidence because confidence comes from clarity, which then I was able to start to truly believe and feel through that I am a writer and I can do this. And the more that I would share stories and the more that you would reflect that back to me that I think that you're, think that you're actually more of a writer than you think that you are, that you're giving yourself credit for. It, it was the action of, of going back and forth and doing that, that at least for me and my brain and how I tick, it worked beautifully. And I, I loved having you as a coach and having you as a support system and having you as a sounding board. And I'm a true believer for anyone out there you know, writing a book is truly a team sport. <laughs> it is truly a team sport. And, and, you know, I don't know anyone that has done something like this completely alone. And so the more that I can share kind of a behind the scenes of how this has worked, you know, the more that I think it's just going to give other people, it shows people what's possible and it gives other people maybe the strength or the belief to do the same. And so just reflecting that back to you, kind of how I saw it. Now, I would love to hear from your end, you know, how was that process on your side? Because you're dealing with me who has 15,000 different ideas and thoughts going in a million different directions. How are you able to take my word vomit <laughs> and dial it down and reflect it back to me in a way that it actually creates a story that someone would want to read? Well, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of hard to explain the process because once I'm in flow, I don't even know what's really happening. I don't even know who's in charge anymore. <laughs> and that's why I think we were really connected almost symbiotically. I'm like, I know exactly what she means here. Um, 
but but also, oh, I, I think we could go deeper. So what this phase is what I would call developmental editing. And, and you also had a developmental editor at HarperCollins Leadership and several other types of editors, which we could go into later. There's so much editing that goes into, even from the raw document that we, we had, you know. So, but what I was doing is really what I would call developmental editing was, it's not changing your words. It's not changing your voice. It's honing in, asking the questions that make this feel really authentic, really tight, flows organically. Are there holes? What is the reader? I'm, I always read as a reader. What do I as a reader not know or don't understand that I need more information? I never act like an editor when I'm reading a book. I act like a reader. I'm just picking up a book to read and I'm really into the story and I go, hmm, who's this person? What are they doing? You know, or, oh, this is a really interesting process, but my mind is not clicking here. It's like, what are some of the meet in, um, in-between steps? And that's sometimes how we ended up with like different processes and things of that nature. Or you go, oh, I already worked on this on such and such and, you know, in such and such podcast or such and such. And you were like, I have content for this. And we were able to kind of marry that stuff in. But it was just asking really good questions. And for me, my job is just being curious. Like I want to genuinely know Julie more and I know your readers will want to know you more. So what can I get out of you that is going to please me as the reader? And I'm just standing in as all the other readers. And I'm really curious about your process, like, and your offer to get what you want. And I was, I know that was what you wanted to execute. And so Every time I read a paragraph or a chapter, I was asking myself, are we helping the reader do that? And if we weren't, that's where it went away. And we focused more on how we could fill those gaps in, if you will. So we went back and forth like that. And I will say this, you were, you, we had a tight deadline. So you had a long process to get to publishing, which is very, I would say, um, normal. Everybody thinks I'm going to be published next week. <laughs> I'm like, you got to find an agent. You got to work with the agent. Then you got to get a publisher. And then it's like one thing after another. So, but once you have that book, I never met somebody who was like in it. We, we moved at a really rapid pace and not everybody does. And when I'm coaching or when I'm working with clients, I always say I'm, it's what serves the client best. So for someone like you, you had a really tight deadline. So we were doing it every week. And we were moving pages really quickly back and forth. I think you were on vacation at times. And I was on vacation at times. And we were like sending things in the middle of the night, like, looks good. Let's move on. Um, but not everybody has that uh, momentum. Not everybody um, can do that. So I try to work with whatever framework. I have a client right now who had a year to his pub date. So we're just at a leisurely pace doing what is good for him. But we were on a mission to get this done. And we got it done. Um, I think you had a, a weekend deadline. You were like, I'm having this done by this date. And, and sure enough, we were, we did. So I think having a, a tight deadline is sometimes uses, um, we can use it to our benefit because it makes us really focused, but that's how we work together. That's how I saw it was just stayed engaged, curious, asked questions where I thought they needed. And I always, so I think, I mean, I've shared this with you already, but when we got the first edits back from your superstar editor, 
extraordinaire at HarperCollins. And we were, I was like, this is all there was? This is it? I was like, I felt like I had won the Super Bowl of like, <laughs> I was like, she hit it out of the ballpark. It was just, or Super Bowl ballpark. I'm not really good with sports, but it was amazing. I was just, you had it. It was so tight. It was so honest and vulnerable. And I think it will really be surprising to a lot of your listeners, but also like an exhale or a breath of fresh air for a lot of people that they can come out of their um, shame or their closet or their fear or their self-loathing or their self-limitations and really embrace the unknown and do the hard things, do the things that scare them because it's really, truly um, possible. And if they want to do it, if they want to write a book, they can. And there's people out there. And I love that you said every coach needs a coach. And you are somebody, I think your listeners really should know this, that you walk the walk. You tell people you have to do the work. Well, you were doing the work. You tell people, I would give you homework and you'd be like, I'm on it, sister. (laughs) You would like, you would do it. And you didn't complain. We were like, we're getting this done. There was no space for that. There were no excuses. And I think that's a, that's a great mindset and attitude to have when you're writing a book is if you want to do it, no one else is going to sit in the chair and do the work for you. Yeah. And that's, and I think that having, for me, having a coach helped with that. You know, I think that there's probably I would guess, and this is just from my own experience of working with authors or, you know, from, from my lens of perspective, there's a lot of people that probably do get help, but they don't want people to know it. It's like, there's this shame or this stigma around hiring a, you know, a writing coach or working with, you know, um, an editor or even people that, that want to just have ghostwriters. But for some reason, they're like, no, I sat in my dark cave and I wrote this masterpiece by myself. And it's like, it's just, that's not real. And so I just want those that are listening that if you want to have a beautiful experience and, you know, an experience that is truly authentic to your soul and to your voice, and is really going to end up being the best, the best work that you possibly can then that's the beauty of of help. And that's the beauty of being open to receiving the help and the perspectives and the wisdom and the hearts and the brains of other people around you who who want to also see this be the best version that it can be. And and that's why I I was so excited for us to have that conversation. And I think that it also lended to, you know, where you talked about the editing that I had talked to a friend of mine that um, her book just came out. And so she was kind of on this path about nine-ish months before me. And I remember chatting with her and she was talking about how the editing process was so loathing to her. She was like, you know, I thought writing was hard and then the editing, it was just the worst. And I was thinking like, editing wasn't that, that hard for me. And I really do have to give credit just to the way that you and I were able to work together and really what you you know, how you were able to coach me through that process. And we also ended up delivering, we went 15,000 words over, which I would love to talk about that because as, as crazy as that may sound, all we really had, it's not like I was trying to scrounge for more ideas or more stories to add to it. It was just cutting things back. It was kind of like, let's kill our darlings here and cut the things back that wasn't needed. So I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about that too. Yeah, that was, that's, and you know, that is more common now. That is something that I 
That was not an issue I had 20 years ago when I started in this industry. I was always begging my writers to write more. I'm like, we're not going to meet page count. And now it's very much about the spaciousness of the book, 65,000 words. I think we were really high. Um, but all we did really was what is the most essential to the reader? What does the reader need to know to make sense of this story? And some of the stories that you were telling, gosh, I wish they were longer. Maybe we should have an uncut version, you know, or things of that nature. But it's kind of like movies um, that you go to. We all have sat in a movie where we go, that needed a little editing, or I wish that scene was a little shorter, or I got the point. Thanks for the point. I don't think I need to repeat it three, three or four different times. And so some of the things we we kind of looked at the book holistically, I think, at one point, because it's been, been a minute since we, but we were like, where have we said this already? Have we made this point? Because the worst thing that I think you can do as an author for um, a reader is to underestimate them or to write to the lowest common denominator. Readers are very smart, very savvy. They know when they are being sold a bill of goods. They know when they're just getting regurgitated stuff that they've heard before and that's just recorded. They, they know when they are being spoken down to. And so what we did was we really wanted to honor the reader at every point when we were editing and say, they're smart, they're gonna get this. We do not need to beat a dead horse. We do not need to go so far into this. They have what they need. And in some of the stories, we we just decided, oh, we can tighten this up, you know, or we don't need to go into all the scene setting. We're not writing a novel here. We're telling a story. Because there was, with my tendency too, when you I would, you would tell these wonderful stories and there'd be all this dialogue and scene setting. And I'd be like, yes, I can see it. And so when we were writing, it was like, yeah, that's fun. Let's just put it on the page. But then we had to remember what's our goal here. Our goal is to teach people to get what they want, not to tell them the most epic wedding story ever, <laughs> you know, or, but I will say, I'm really glad we took the time with a lot of the dialogue and storytelling and because it really kind of gave texture and voice to you. And it really showed inside your relationships with certain people and some of your traumas from your early adulthood and how you've really grown and you really painted a picture. And I think that's what keeps readers engaged. So it's trying try, trying to kind of stay on that tightrope of keeping the reader engaged, giving them what they want to know and not you know throwing off the balance of I'm giving you way too much information or and then not enough of what you actually need. And so we went through and we cut and it was just, and that's another guttural experience too. And that's what I think I really like about you as a writer and as a person is you have really honed your voice, your inner voice, your inner knowing. So you're not really concerned about what this person's saying or what this person's doing or going to think. And you're like, no, this is necessary. I want this in there. And I think there were a couple of points in the actual editing process when I wasn't in, looped in until you would email me and go, I don't think they get what I'm trying to say here. And am I right? And I'm like, no, you are a hundred percent right on this process. I think, you know, you know what you're teaching, you know, your stuff. And I think, you know, so sometimes people don't know it. And I think you're like, I think you should keep this 
and you felt it strongly. And that's another thing that most people, most writers don't realize is that this book is going to have your name on it. You are the authority. At the end of the day, what I say, what your editors say, whatever, do you want that in the book? Do you want your name associated with that thought, with that belief? And so, because you're the one who has to take it from all sides, none of us who are, you know, do. So that's, that's something that I think that you have to really own. And you're someone who's really practiced and well-versed in speaking up for what you want, getting what you want. And that's what I really, I think I also try to coach through when I'm coaching my clients is this is your book. This is your voice. This is your story. And if you don't feel strongly about uh, something, that's okay. You can, you can go get rid of it. But if there's something really integral to your story and to who you are and to your understanding, fight for it. Yeah, that's so good. Toda.io slash influencer. It has been a happy, happy home inside my house lately because my husband has been very happy with what we have been eating lately, thanks to Good Chop. Good Chop is one of our incredible partners here on the podcast, and what I love about them is how easy they make it for me to figure out dinner and how amazing their high-quality meat is. With Good Chop, you get flexible monthly subscription plans, For any high-quality American meat and seafood you want, you can choose from medium or large sizes. You can get your favorite cuts of beef, of chicken, which is my personal favorite, the pork, the seafood. It's delivered flash-frozen for freshness, and it's sealed with dry ice. All you do is take it out of the box, let it thaw out, or if you can't wait like my husband... (laughs) Go ahead, pop it in the defroster and get it going. Now, what I love about Good Chop is unlike a lot of other companies out there, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries that really set a high bar high for animal welfare and sustainable practices. Cattle are born, raised, and harvested here in the USA. And I love being able to use their products because I know that I'm supporting local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. What I also love about Good Chop is that they pride themselves on sourcing beef that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. Only the good, good, good stuff. We have been downing their beef and chicken over here. My husband is a protein fanatic and it is really, really good high quality chicken. You can use it to saute, bake, cook, We've put it on the grill. It's amazing. Go to goodchop.com slash influencer 100 and use code influencer 100. That's influencer 100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. Again, that's goodchop.com slash influencer 100 and use code influencer 100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. Good. And, and there were, there were a, quite a, a few moments of that, that I was like, yeah, I feel off here. And, you know, and you have those kind of insecure moments because I'm a first time author. Do I know what's best? Like, do you know? And so you, you kind of teeter on that. And, and to also remember too, that, you know, I'm not writing a memoir. 
I also did not, you know, and I, I, I think I told you this more than once. I was like, if someone, if someone, if I hear someone tell somebody that the key to success is just being yourself one more time, I'm going to bash my head against a wall. Like <laughs> this is, this is the anti just be yourself book. Like I'm, I'm so done with that. If it was that easy, this book wouldn't exist. Everyone would live happy, perfect lives being themselves and there would be no pain or sorrow in the world. So um, living authentically and truthfully, yes, but let's let's go deeper here. So I also didn't want that fluff of just kind of sharing stories about my life, but but really allowing the reader to see themselves in that. And that was one of the things that I remembered, you know, when I would pick up books about personal development or self-help or leadership or goal setting or whatever it was, it was like the the book and the messages and the words, they would do a really good job of helping me align my actions with their with my goals, but they didn't always leave me feeling good about myself. Sometimes they would leave me feeling more overwhelmed, more like crap, because I can't just like put my boots on and like storm through it. And so, you know, one of my goals was that I really wanted people when they read this book to not only be able to take their actions and align it with their goals, but also feel worthy and and love themselves in the process and not feel, because if you feel like crap about yourself, it doesn't matter your goals. It doesn't matter your act. Like none of that matters if you can't even get yourself out of bed. Yes. So that was a, that was a big thing, you know, for me and that, and that we worked around. And I would love to kind of share a little bit of that. There was one story that was a big shame story that I'd never told anyone. And you were trying to kind of like peel my layers back a bit. And so this was probably one of our first conversations that we had. And I finally shared with you a personal story, a financial story that we end up, that's actually how the the book kicks off with this story of um, my husband finding out that I hid over $30,000 of credit card debt from him for like over the span of like three years. And how this moment of me being found out and being so raw and being so shame-ridden and so guilt-ridden really at the dining room table. And that was like the metaphor for a lot. Now I'm sitting at this dining room table and it's like, okay, now what, what the F am I going to do with my life? And where do I go from here? And so I would love to know from you when it comes to moments and stories like that, why are they so impactful and important when putting, you know, putting your name behind the thought, as you said, and with my face on the cover of this book and my name on the cover of this book, I really have to stand behind what I say. And so from your perspective and for those listening that may be writers as well, why was a story like that from your perspective so important to not only include in the book, but you're like, this is how this, this is the beginning of the book. Yeah. Well, First of all, it had so much suspense and so much layers, and it told so much about you. It created a sense of drama, created a sense of tension. I was looking at it very objectively at that. There's this marriage on the line. There's your relationship. There's your whole life falling apart. There's 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 stakes, and when you have some you you have something to lose, the reader is like in it from from the beginning. But that was very superficial for me as a person. I knew when you told that story. People know when they hear the truth, they know it in their bodies, they know it in their soul, they know it in their solar plexus and their sacral chakra, they know it down deep to their roots, They and it hits them in their heart. There's no denying the truth. And when you told me that story, 
it was like you, Julie, emerged out of this, you know, we had this very transactional relationship, the first couple of meetings, you know, nice to meet you. And we were going, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it was kind of like all that went away and you kind of, I can watch someone almost like a lotus open up and go be their true true self. And the whole idea of be yourself, well, that the reason why that is such bad advice is because most of the yourselves that are walking around out in the world are completely false, manufactured, doing what everybody's telling them to be or what they think their community wants them to be or families or religions or schools or whatever want to be. They don't know who their self is. They don't know who your be yourself is. And so that yourself just fell away when you were telling that story. It was so raw. And it really was for you, because I think the question I had asked was, when was the moment you knew you, your whole, like you had to change, like you had, this was the beginning. Like if we were going to tell the, because we, you had an original story and I think it, it didn't feel true to me. You were in a boat and all of a sudden you were like a, a teenager and you're like, yes, I'm never going to be X, Y, Z. And it was like the original story. I was like, as a teenager, you had all that wisdom. And, and, <laughs> and so it's kind of like the, uh, I don't know if I could swear, but it's the BS detector we all have inside of us when we're watching something or we know something, we just know it's not sitting with us. And when you told that story, I saw myself in that story. I saw my own shame around money. I saw my own shame around the stress of um, debt. Like there's nobody out there who's hustling and who's working and who's making stuff happen, who doesn't know what it's like to fear not having a roof over your head, not having um, food to feed your babies, not having um, money to take your family on vacation or just to go to school or to get them shoes. That stuff is real. And that stuff motivates people. That stuff gets people off of their butts and doing stuff. And that's what the story we kind of dove in on. And that's the work that, you know, I, I have done therapy. I have done coaching. I have gone through 12 steps. I have done all of the stuff that, that you have done. And we kind of just were able to have these really in depth, deep conversations about what it meant. Cause you know, and when you go through these things, they mean very different things to different people and people have different, you know, stories and around them. And, um, they have, everybody has a different rock bottom story. Everybody has a different moment, um, or family trauma, but those stories are the things that when women get together and they're having a glass of wine or they're, they're staying up late, that's the stuff they're talking about. Um, all that other stuff falls away. And that is when you know you're with a good coach or you're with a good uh, leader or you're with somebody who's going to help you become better is when they just are able to listen without judgment and just say, keep going, keep telling me. And that is what you recorded. And that is what you were able to kind of build. Like that was like um, the the meat, if you will. And then you, through writing, you put the sauce, the transitions and all of that kind of stuff and the flow. And then, and then from those stories, that's where we extrapolate the meaning. And that's where, and then what can, what actions can you take? What can you do? And it kind of develops from there. But we always started with a story and the story was kind of our anchor and it really brought um, you to life when you told those stories. And then we were, we could kind of build um, 
out from there. But I, I do remember that moment. And there were other many, many moments, I think, um, when you were telling stories where I had the internal wow moment or um, wow, um, I didn't know that about you. But I can't say... I have to, as a, as a coach in that moment, and I'm sure as you've done that, is not to be like, wow, really shocked. Just as therapists must have to do all the time, like inside they're like, <laughs> on the outside they're like. Right. It's not. I know. It's like yeah. our perspective and our perception can be very caught off guard when someone decides to really let their heart show and let their walls down and share their shame stories with you. Yeah. For and sure. the. Oh, and the, oh my God comes from, I can't believe she's saying this out loud because, because it's the shadow work, right? I, I have the same story and I've never said that. I've never had the courage to say that. So part of the wow is I can't believe this person I'm sitting with has the courage to be this vulnerable and not just with me, but when you're starting to put that stuff on the page with the world and that stuff is terrifying, but even more terrifying is my family my friends, my inner circle, my clients. Oh my gosh, everyone's going to know this. And it takes a whole takes it to a whole new level and where that's where the self-doubt can come in and that's where the fear can come in. But you you write so beautifully about mindset and about getting over your fears and doing it and I don't think there's anything more courageous, more terrifying than writing your truth. Mm-hmm. And and using it to help other people. And that's the other thing that we we didn't touch on yet is at every step of the way, you were like, I'm only doing this to help other people. I'm not doing it to say, hey, look at me, you know, look at me shine. It's let me shine so that everybody else, I'm giving permission to uh, for other people to shine as well. And I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle. And people know that when they're reading that. They can you, you know, when you're reading something, the humble brags and the, oh, look at me, look at all I've done, the, the hair flips, the, oh, this whole thing. There was none of that. You wanted none of that in, in this book. You wanted all the real stuff because the people you work with are real. And the other thing is you didn't want, you wanted to be an example to them. And, and I know this too, when I work with clients is a lot of people bring excuses to the table. A lot of people bring all their limitations to the table and that's the stuff that coaches help uh, kind of push away so we can get stuff done. Yeah. And, um, and that's the work that's just doing the work, like every day showing up and writing it. And you did such a beautiful job at that. Thank you. I mean, I had, I had just great support. It was so, it made it fun. It made it easy to work with you at times. I mean, it was still, there were still challenging times, <laughs> but it did, there was, there was an ease to it. And I, I really looked forward to getting on our calls, you know, and just being able to have that sacred space to do that. Um, I would love to know from your perspective, um, who is the ideal reader for this book? So the ideal reader is, I think, I mean, men can read this book, but I think for the most part, women who are afraid to ask for what they want, don't know what they want, that you don't have to know what you want to get this book. That's the one thing I want people to know is if you are 
gee, I know I have a vision for my life, but I don't know how to get there. I don't even know, you know, but, but I think if you dug a little deeper under that question, you do know what you want because you know what you don't want. You, if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, are you, if you are, you feel trapped, you feel stuck, you feel like you've lost momentum. This is the book for you. If you are somebody who's past all that, feeling pretty groovy, feeling pretty good about yourself, but you have a vision for your business, you have a vision for your life, you have a vision for your family, this is the book for you because not only do you help them with the mindset, but you have real practical tactics and activities all along the way for people to step into and own their stuff and to do the work to get what they want. And and so you can be at any like entry point, just like with writing, you don't have to be an expert writer. You don't have to have a proposal done. You, you know, you, or you could have, you know, a great idea already. You don't have to have one universal set point to start this, but you have to have a dream for yourself. And you don't have to have that really clear yet, because one of the steps that you do in your book is getting really clear getting that clarity and um, because confidence comes from clarity, you know? So, and I also think confidence comes from competence is another thing is when you start doing the work and you start feeling good about it and you start getting competent, you feel really clear and confident. So you do all of those things. So the ideal reader is somebody who listens to you, who finds themselves drawn to the self-help part of the bookstore or finds themselves drawn to um, watching things like Oprah or getting magazines and they're reading the articles about how they can make their life better, or they're not even reading articles. They're looking at pictures and going, or scrolling through Instagram going, I kind of want that. Or something's missing in my life and I don't know why. This book takes a really deep dive into those whys. And what is holding you back? And so many people have no idea how much the stuff that they heard when they were a kid or the environments they were in when they were little, they are still living in those self-limiting little boxes. And this book is like writing a permission slip to yourself to get the courage to say, to verbalize your truth, to get real and vulnerable so that you can tell your own story and that you can have some great thinking and you can you can kind of create and design the life you want so that you can shine. And I, I think you, you walk the reader through, which I love, a really elegant process. It's from, it starts with the mindset and, the, the, and then we work through the behaviors and then we take action. And then we, then you even um, kind of prepare them for success, you know? So that's another thing that people don't realize is most people have a very limited imagination about what is possible for them. And what I love about this book is it kind of unleashes their potential, unleashes their brain power, unleashes their imagination to imagine a life that you couldn't possibly have thought about when you were trapped at a dinner table, dining room table, freaking out that your whole life was about to implode. And imagine if Julie 
could have that moment and be where you are today with a published book, who you are is just amazing. And get to that point from this like nadir in life, like the bottom, any it's possible for anybody. And I really think, I know I, I personally can't wait for the book to come out because I want to read it again as like somebody would go to the store and read these types of books who reads them all the time. But I really can't wait to hand them out to all of my friends and girl, especially my girlfriends who, you know, you know, the ones that you're just really tired of hearing the same stories about why they can't do something or all the things that are holding them back or, and you know that there's just so much potential for them. There's such an easier, better way to go about life. Well, not so much easier. It's going to be hard either way. It's going to be hard to do the work and it's going to be hard to be broke, poor, and not live your dreams. So what, pick your heart, which heart do you want? <laughs> and so I want to hand those books personally, wrap them up and give them to somebody and say, this is for you. If you really want to get what you want out of life, this book is for you. And imagine if all of us did that to our girlfriends like boosted them up, help them instead of listening all the time for that one more time. Let's hear this, you know, the, the tape, play the reel of why your life sucks so bad. <laughs> what if instead of that, we pushed them a little, you know, you would come, you, I loved how you would come to our meeting sometimes on Monday and be like, a girlfriend told me this. She said, you know what I think your issue is, Julia X, Y, Z. And you would, you would say, you know, she's right. Because if your good friends are going to push you to the next level. And I feel like this book is like having your best friend, the best mom or the best, you know, whoever who wants you to reach your highest good and be your best self. This book is that person, that friend. Maybe you don't have them in your life, but this book will step in and do that for you so that you can be your own best friend. So you can start calling yourself on your own BS. Because right. you, you'll have the tools. Which is the goal, really. Which is the goal, right? For you to be able to catch it, for you to have those tools in your toolbox. Um, and, you know, I agree with you on everything. And, and I think that, um, you know, I, I think that, that that was accomplished in those pages. And I'm so excited for everyone to read it. And now I have to ask you, because I know, because I know my community, I know that there are women sitting there either in their cars or doing their makeup right now, listening to this podcast, cooking, getting their glass of wine, you know, in their earbuds. And they're like, I want Mary. <laughs> like, Julie's just like me. Like, I want to write a book. I have an idea, but I'm just like, Julie, I need that sounding board. I need that person that I can just brain dump to and that they can reflect back to me. And then I can go back to my cave and I can write it all out and do it. And so I would love for you to share how, you know, now and and really in this this year and moving forward, I know that you mentioned that you have your your master class coming up. What are ways in which people can work with you? Oh, that's great. I would love that. Um, I have a website. It's Mary Curran Hackett. It will probably be on the link on your page.com. And there's a couple of ways people can get a hold of me is they can book directly. I have a scheduling link and they um, you, you schedule a time because that's another thing is I want people to know is you don't have to book. You had a book and you had a timeline and you had some people may, may need to talk to me once a month. Some people may need have a different kind of setup. 
you can go in, you can pick a time that you want to meet with me. I have a questionnaire. So I kind of get a sense of who you are, what, what your needs are. And I even have a file attachment if you feel like sharing. So I can, even before you get on the call, I can look and say, I know where this person's at in a very generic way. I make no promises. That's the other thing is I don't say you're going to be published in XYZ or I can get you published in six weeks. Anybody who says that is lying, walk away. <laughs> it's every, we know that. Um, and then the other um, thing is I do have a masterclass. I'm doing it March 29th through August. I mean, April 26th on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time and people can register. It's a, there's a masterclass link. You just register right on there and it's going to be Zoom. It's going to be me live. It's not, that's what I really um, wanted was I didn't want to have one of these auto download classes. There's a space for that, but for this understanding the process and getting to your truth, I wanted to work with like a smaller cohort and then have really um, in a, an empowered group of women or men too, who would come together and support each other. So that's kind of what I wanted to do because having it's a team effort. People do not recognize even Ernest Hemingway had editors and women and wives who helped him. So the whole illusion that there's this master genius out there doing it on his own is a lie also. And we're all about the truth here. And then the other thing that people can do is if they are looking for ghostwriting, if they are looking for that level of engagement, it's a lot more expensive. It's but it's not, that's the other thing is I had a client today who's like, I just want to hand the work over to you. <laughs> and I laughed because I'm like, I need to interview you and I need you. Like I have a lot of millionaires and billionaires who are like, I'll just, I'll just send you over my files. And I'm like, that's not how it works. So you, it's a, it's usually a lengthier process, but I do have a questionnaire that people can fill out for that process as well. But I think I love coaching and I think going forward, I'm going to have the masterclass. I'm doing it in March to April, but I think I'm going to do it again in June and then in September. So there'll be other ones coming up, but for the time being, this is the one I have. And down the lo down the road, I might do, you know, downloadables, but I think for me, how I work is really listening to what people are saying. And I can't really do that with just spewing information at them. So it's kind of got to be an exchange through the coaching process. So that's the masterclass is probably the, the least expensive way to do it, um, to get started, to kickstart your book, mm -hmm. to know the whole process. And then if they want to do individual coaching meetings, you know, on the long term, that's another way. But there's, I've got it so that it's the, the least um, expensive would be the masterclass for seven weeks, long-term consulting. And then the ghostwriting is the mega package, if you yes, will. Yes. Uh, so, but that also takes a lot of time. People don't, people think, oh, ghostwriting is, you know, you hand the book over. It's really iterative. You work back and forth and it's um, the process is a little bit more in depth than most people think. So I try to meet with them and talk them through that, but they can go to my website and find me there. And I'd love to meet some of your, um, clients and some of your listeners. It's, it's wonderful. And I hope they all, they should read this book to kind of see all the things that I get to 
see when I talked to Julie and it's all there on the page. It was just so, so thrilling to be able to work with you and so fun. And we, we made it through. I looked forward to it because it was like, oh, another mom <laughs> in the middle of the week, we'd get on our phones and, or on our zoom. And it was great. Yeah, it really was. I, it was such a fun process. And so for any of you listening, if you if you don't even know what you want to write about, but you know that you have that calling within you to write a book, you know that it's there. And I've already, you heard it on, you know, a few podcast episodes ago for those people that are like, I never thought I would write a book. And here I am with a published book and I'm on the New York Times bestsellers. It's like, no. That I, I get it. You're trying to be humble, but let's let's like honor honor like the vision that is us. And so you know in your heart of hearts if you are a communicator and if the way in which you want to communicate is through words and and pen to paper, so to speak. And so if that is you, definitely check out Mary. She's phenomenal. Being able to work with her in any capacity is going to just kickstart you in ways that you can't even imagine. So I can't recommend her enough. And I so appreciate you being on today and just sharing the fun process that we had. And I know we're going to get to do another one, which is going to be really exciting. Um, go even deeper with the next book and into some other things that we wanted to talk about in this book, but we kind of had to save it for a, for a future book. So that's going to be fun. And, um, I just, I can't wait to see what unfolds with everything. So thank you again for just being such an amazing, beautiful, fun, joy-filled part of this whole process. And you really, you know, did make me love writing. And you, you helped me realize that I am a writer and that I can say that with confidence and with excitement. And, you know, I love being an author and I am truly someone I think I told you this, like if I could just write a book like every couple of years and like live my life, I would be completely happy with that. And so um, that's the vision. That's what we're putting out there. And, and I love that I get to do that with you. I love that you're doing it. And I just want to say one more thing. You said, I am a writer. I am. Those are the, that is the most powerful thing you can do to say those words, to put it out into the universe. And once you own it and claim it, you are. And the other thing is, if you are writing, you're a writer. I have so men, no problem saying I'm a writer. They don't write anything, but they, they love owning that, you know, but I will talk to women who have written books, who have written poetry, who have written blogs, who write, write articles and they'll go, Oh, Oh, I'm not a writer. I'm not, I'm not a real writer or, and it's, it's lunacy. I say it. Say it with me. I am a writer. I am a writer. I am a writer. It is a beautiful thing. If you write, you are a writer. And there are so many tools to make your writing better. Sure. Even the experts have editors. Even the experts, expert writers, award-winning novelists, Pulitzer Prize winners. Have Stephen King. Stephen King. They have editing houses. They have editors, copy editors, proofers, galley editors. These, these books go through so many phases and it truly takes a village. And so um, from the coaching to the motivating all the way down to, you know, the, the presentation, the package. And we, we never even got to talk about picking book titles and covers and the whole thing and thinking about it all. There's so much, but I really do think that it is, I hope that is your vision. And now that you have said it, I know that it will be true. Mm. Because yeah. when you say it like that, I am a writer, 
I am writing books for the rest of my life. It, it, it's all but done. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that you can do it because you, you kind of have the blueprint now and it's going to be plug and go. So, yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and for our listeners, please let us know what your biggest takeaways are. You know that I love to see your feedback on Instagram Mary, are you on Instagram? Yeah, you're on Instagram. We follow each other. Yes. Yeah, Mary. Um, I love watching your your little ones and your adventures and all that. (laughs) So make sure to tag me and Mary. We'll put her Instagram in the show notes. Um, Just let us know what your biggest takeaway of today's episode was. We love to see see that um, on the stories. And so thank you so much, Mary. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all all of that good stuff.